is a very special and appropriate Earl, and, and maybe not just history making for my podcast, but this might be a podcast first. And yes, I'm including Joe Rogan's, I'm including uh, Mark Marin's, uh, Bert Kreischer's, because I have a returning guest, and I haven't done the research on this, of course. This might be the first time a returning guest has come back as a different sex. Uh, the first time the great and super talented Joe Dosh came on, my roast battle compadre, and now she's back. That's right, I said she. She's now Fifi Dosh and is transitioning. And I don't believe a podcast has ever done this before, so we're going to get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Fifi Dosh. Hello, world. This is, I'm excited because I really think this might be a... In some sort of way, a history-making podcast. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever, you know, including any ones I've ever done. I don't think I've ever done a podcast I've been before, like as Joe and now Fifi. Like I had Robin Tran on, but she had already transitioned, I guess, uh, to a female. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't know her. I've only known her as Robin. I, I didn't know her as Robert. Yeah, I mean, I never met her as Robert either, you know? So it's like, that's the thing. Like, I know, like, trans comics floating around in the scene, but I've never known one who was, like, around for a bit and then transitioned, you know? Yeah, it's uh, hopefully uh, becoming more accepted uh, by, you know, the, the world of stand-up comedy, especially L.A. comedy, can be quite mean and quite cruel. I remember, who's the transgender comic in Orange County? Is it Rye? Um, Riley Silverman? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think did... she's in L.A., though. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. she was in Orange County. I know someone did a uh, pretty mean-spirited post about her. This is years ago. And I'm like, oh, that's, that must not make her feel very well about the process. Uh, what's it been like for you? Have people been accepting it's been just 100 percent positive like from <coughs> excuse me from comedians especially too like i can't tell you like how amazing it was going to the comedy store and how happy like just how happy everyone was for me and how cool they thought it was and i remember like you know doing my first set as fifi i remember like my friends like crowding around and being like oh my god like joe's doing his first set as you know fifi dosh as he's as a woman now and, like, I mean, like, just watching people in the back being, like, crowd around me, like, oh, I got to check this out. This is so cool. Like, it's been a 100% positive experience from the comedy community. Because you were loved as Joe. Yeah. So I think people, uh, I didn't foresee any problems for you transitioning. Uh, I think it might have been different if you were not, not liked. Well, yeah, but you know what? I mean, it definitely made me more likable. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, there was all this just... I used to be so scared of, like, just people in general and, like, scared of that place. Like, I just not like I thought it was. I couldn't be myself there. I just, like... I don't know. Like, I was never... Like, I, I always felt like I... I felt like when I lived as Joe, like, I knew everyone in passing... You know, I didn't have a lot of intimate friendships with people, and now I'm, like, able to do that. What's well, a scary place, uh, the comedy store. So I really admire that that's your home club and you are going through the process you're going through because, you know, the comedy store is <laughs> it's very clicky. It's very... Uh, 
Yeah, but you know what, though? I remember, like, my very first set of comedy I did as Fifi, like, and I was, like, it wasn't at the store. It was at, like, an altier room, you know? And I was, like, terrified because I had never been, like, I had, like, never performed as myself. I'm, like, I'm performing as myself for the first time. This is crazy. I'm, like, shaking. I have so much stage fright. And I swear to God, some of those fucking, some of these fucking alt rooms, it's like they, I swear to God, they can smell that you can do well at places like the store or on the road, and they hate it. Like, I had never felt a more hostile, like, intolerant, like, we're not giving you an inch kind of attitude from a crowd than I did at that alt room. And the store from the crowds, from the other comics, was 100% the other way. So, like... The whole, the store is this, the store is that kind of attitude to me. I just, I cannot, I can't stress how much that is not my experience and how I have had that mean, hostile experience at other places. I mean, I find uh, alt rooms to be pretty uh, mean-spirited. Like, right? To, to like the only rooms I've ever struggled in consistently. And I like, I used to, I used to do really well in them when I was a much shittier comedian. Right. And then when I got like good enough like when I got good enough to be passed at the store, it's like I swear to God like they turned on me. Well, I like, think they're bitter uh you know, all comics can be bitter too. Oh, goodness uh, gracious, yeah. Cuz I think they have an attitude of uh we're better than the mainstream comedy store comics. Yeah, and I'm just like I don't I don't feel free in those other rooms i don't feel like hey i can explore everything i want like i feel like in some of those rooms and i'm not saying all of it but like you know a good chunk i'm not doing anymore just i feel like i'm like performing at a children's birthday party and i walk up like okay you guys like i feel like there's such a narrow amount of things i want to talk to and it's like why am i this transgender comedian why do i feel more free being at like why am I in an alt room in L.A. going, man, I wish I was in, like, Hyenas in Plano, Texas right now. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah, because, uh, I don't know, I just, that's why I admire Brody so much, because he could kill in alt rooms and yeah. the mainstream clubs. Everybody loved Brody. But usually, you know, comics do well in one or the other. You know, there's yeah. alt room comics who come to the store and struggle, and, you know, people like me who would, and I never did alt rooms a lot, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, fuck this. I'm going back to the store. I mean, yeah, I just decided, like, I'm not going places where I leave feeling bad anymore. And when I leave the store, I feel loved and supported. And that's and that's that. And, th and that's the great thing about the store. It's once you've cracked whatever, you know, circle of health you have to do there, it's your family forever. Yeah. So uh, what has been the most difficult part of from becoming Joe to Fifi. Just doing it in the quarantine, man, because it's like, I don't know, like I want to like, you know, estrogen makes you want to like pet puppies and like hug shit and you can't hug people or do that. It's been difficult. I, yeah, know? I mean, I, I, I didn't even put it together that, you know, you're doing this in probably the worst time maybe in human history. Well, and you know what? Like if this had to happen, it's... In a lot of ways, it's ideal because, like, the most awkward, uncomfortable part of it, it's like you literally cannot go outside for three months. I'm like, it, you know, 
it, if this has to happen, this this happened at a good time for me. But like, it's now getting to the point where it's like, I kind of need to be around people to feel sane. Oh sure. Yeah. I think everyone's starting to feel that way. It's like I got to get out. How are you dealing with it? It's tough. I I mean, I'm a weird person. Like I'm shy and I, I'm a loner, but I also miss uh, seeing you and yeah. uh, you know Adam and. Uh, Watching a lot of YouTube videos, to be honest with you, just to like, I mean, you can't really do anything. You can't really go out. You um, know, no, you and, can't. And a lot of places I used to go to, the restaurants and hangout spots are closing. Yeah. You know, Burger Lounge, and it's not like the biggest tragedy in the world, but that's somewhere I'd go get a burger, right, yeah. for a little bit. Uh, no one's lowering the flag half mass for Burger Lounge, you're saying? No, I don't think. <laughs> the first place I got sad today yeah. when I went like, to. Like, did a president die? No, it's just Burger Lounge clothes, man. But they had a few great burgers. Uh, <laughs> and the first place I got leather pants at the sex shop, 665 uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, it's like a pretty hardcore. Uh, they cater to the bondage, I guess, portion of the gay community, but yeah. they have great leather pants. <laughs> How happy is everyone when you walk in that store on West Hollywood? They just must, they just must be salivating those old leather queens. I mean, I'm like, uh, I think sought after in the gay community. Uh, yeah, I think because they know, okay, he's unattainable from the standpoint of he's got a girlfriend. We can't have them, but maybe we can turn them. You uh, need to, like, if you ever just need a quick ego boost, you need to just go to, like, the Eagle or the Bullet or something <laughs> and just, just walk around. You know, uh, I'll keep that information in the back of my uh, mind. I, yeah. I, uh, but I got, like, sad because the, the first pair of, like, leather pants I got, and I walked by there today, and they're gone. <laughs> It's like the like the like the crying Indian littering commercial. Yeah, but it's it's the leather pants store. Because <laughs> I don't even you know now I've switched over to you know nicer leather I guess. <laughs> so I don't think I would ever go in there again. But just you know the first time I bought the pants, the guy was watching a fisting video at the cashier like I would watch a baseball game. Yeah, like, and I was so unnerved. I was he said, "Do you want your change?" I'm like, "No, no, I don't even need a bag. Just give me the give me the <laughs> pants." Uh, and now we can't have fisting or baseball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely social distancing. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what part are you in the transition process? Um, Like, I've been on hormones for, say, like four and a half months or so, which just means, like... Like by Which, by the way, I got to do... Like, literally, I got into the endocrinologist that's a hormone doctor... And, like, I got prescribed all that stuff. Like, you take estrogen and testosterone blockers. I got all that done the day before the stay-at-home order in March. And if I had waited even a day on that, like, I don't know if I would have gotten in until, like, two, three months or something, which would have sucked ass. But but I, oh, I, got in, I got in right under the wire, like, Indiana Jones grabbing his hat under the thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I grabbed my titties before the ancient door came down. <laughs> well, speaking of titties... Yeah. Uh, you just got your first bra, right? I mean, that had to be... I certainly did. Like, I, I, I mean, describe that process. You walk into a store and... 
Or do you online? I mean, I walked into Target. I mean, there's a point where it's like, because remember back in January, February, I remember one time like I would sign up to do Fallout at the store and then I would go over to Target to shop for bras thinking like, well, no one will be in Target at this time. So if I go try one on in the women's room, no one will think I'm weird or anything. But now I'm at a point where I'm just like, look, I I don't give a fuck anymore. I just... Like, first of all, like, no one's going to be surprised to see a tranny at the, the the Santa Monica and La Brea Target. Like, that's kind of our, our zone, you know? <laughs> but, like, I don't even think of you as a tranny. I think of you as a woman. Oh, thank you. But that's, is that the goal, though? Is Do you want everyone to think of you not as a, a tranny? Like, a what you want? Well, yeah, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I am what I am, you know? Like, right. So and- it's like... So, like, this next question, I think I asked Rob on this, and, like, I don't know if there's a... It's probably going to come out the wrong way knowing me. Uh, it's like someone says, I'm not a racist, but I got this joke. Yeah. Uh, but I love you so much, I'm trying to be, uh, like... It's you, all good, Earl. Let, let her rip, Earl. Like, let her rip, Daddy. At what... At what point do you start the uh, process down in your like your private area? Uh, okay, the vagina hole thing it takes like it'll probably be like a year and a half from now. You gotta get like you gotta get two letters of recommendation from two different psychotherapists, and then you can just then you can just do it. Because they want to make sure. Like, do some people transition because they're having uh, a, a, I don't know a psychotic break or something, and and they want to make sure it's like. Being done for a valid reason. Not well, yeah, I mean, like, oh, and some people think, like, hey, this is just the government fucking us over and making it hard. But, like, I mean, in my opinion, like, that's, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a big decision. It's an irreversible decision. And, you know, like, it's a scary big thing. I, like, respect the gravity of it. Like, I, like, I want to do it. And even then, thinking about it, I'm like, holy shit, that's, like... That is quite a leap forward, you know, but... Well, I mean, especially, like, I asked, uh, I think, a doctor, like, how do they do that? And, like, is it true, and once again, it's going to sound like I'm trying to do a joke, I'm not, that they, uh, and I I can't, it hurts me just even saying (laughs) this, that they kind of split the, like, I can't even... Put, I can't even I, get it out. This this will be hard to describe, you know, on audio level. But like, imagine you're you're holding the head of your penis in one in your left fingertips, right, and the base of your penis in the other, right. right? Now you detach your penis, oh, and swing the bottom end of your penis like like a clock's arm all right. the way around, and then there's that, and then pull it inside out, and then your head of your penis is your clitoris, and the inside of that is your vagina. So it's just I could see what you're that's just, you're just, Yeah, you're just recycling, really. It's very green. <laughs> but, like, so, and I know this is a long time before that this mm. would happen, but, like, sexually, like, 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 can a woman who was a man get wet? Like, they don't, I don't like, believe they get, I don't know if they can, like, naturally, that I don't know. Naturally, I, I guess, is what I, it, yeah. That I don't know for sure, but like I've heard other people say, like, no, 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 it's it's like, because I was like, all right, well, is this gonna work like a you know quote unquote normal vagina? And like you talk to people, and like, and they're like, hell yeah. Oh wow. That's another thing too. Sex is way better. Holy shit, Earl. It's so you've had sex already. 
Well, I'm talking about jerking off. But <laughs> oh, okay. I just mean sex feelings are right. like way. It's like because the estrogen and the testosterone. I mean, blockers? oh yeah, and like okay, like I'm like I started off at like an eighth level of female hormones that like is a woman range. Now I'm like may I'm at a quarter, maybe a third, and like it's holy shit, coming is so much better. <laughs> Well, I might look into this. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Chandler. Uh, uh, I mean, you're you're probably already operating at peak performance, though. I mean, I, I I I still enjoy coming. I guess. So yeah, I'll you look. could just you could just walk into the endocrinologist, be like, like, look, look at me. I'm I'm a peak man. What? I've I've gone as far as a man can go. This is. I mean, it's time. To what other s- option do I have to improve? Uh, plenty. plenty. <laughs> They had a mental uh, operation I could undertake. Yeah. Because it's tough telling people you're a comic these days with the environment that is uh, yeah. going on. It, it's Comics right now are not looked at uh, in the most favorable uh, light. Yeah, and I, you know, and like I hate how the comedy store gets kind of roped up and all that because I just, I just want... I can't illustrate enough just how much that is not my experience and how loved and amazing I feel there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think that the store is like the most accepting cl- of all the clubs. I oh, mean, yeah. the improv's nice too, and and I don't have a lot of experience at the Laugh Factory, but uh, you know, they're kind of making it seem like all these guys going down right now are are store comics. Well, but. and I mean they are because it's like the best club right now. If like the factory were the best club, they'd be factory comics, you know? Yeah, I mean I but I see the people who are being accused of uh you know, the misdeeds, uh Yeah. The shenanigans. I, I see. I mean I don't like so like that's a whole nother podcast, but Because yeah. uh, I do think the the accused should be heard. Yeah. Uh you know, but you know, some of these are like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, just... they don't look good. It's uh, these screenshots don't lie, uh, but well, uh, you know, you know, Earl, in like a couple of years, I'm gonna be walking around with a three year old pussy, I won't be able to keep certain people away. <laughs> uh, oh, not at the comedy store, <laughs> I mean, your pussy will be tight, yeah. Uh, so maybe you and I can hook up. Uh, now it's like good to go. Oh, okay. Uh, See you. By the way, I want. That's funny you said that because like I went up to Montana for a while just because I was like I got to get out of L.A. I'm going nuts. Do you have family there, or are you just? I have good friends up okay. there. Like I live there for. It's like home to me because I'm from South Dakota, which sucks, you know. And I'm like, so I'm staying with my buddy. He's my good male friend from back in college times, and I'm staying with him and his wife, and like we're really close, you know. We're good friends. But like now it's like, now it's like uncomfortable that we're close because it's like I feel way too intimate with this dude in his wife's house. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's like it's it's. You mean you, you when you say intimate, like you you feel an attraction to him? Or? No, not necessarily. But like I mean, I love him very, very, very much, and if like. You know, I were dating a man, and there was some girl in my house who was like, "Wow, I have the I'm really close, and I have a bond with your husband." I'd be like, "Hey, maybe, uh, maybe get the fuck out of here, Toots. I don't know if I love this." <laughs> because, it, uh, like, speaking of hooking up, like, do you like if you were to meet a guy um, right now, 
you know, I don't know, it sprouts. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> it sprouts. I don't know. Uh, I love that. I love that. That's like where like tra- like where trans people hook up that isn't grinder or whatever. You know, like oh, they must be going to sprouts. Well, you grow grinder or tender. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, I mean, uh, I'm kicked off of Bumble uh, permanently. Yeah. What uh, did you do on Bumble? I mean, it's before Chandler. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, if you're going on Bumble or Tender, uh, you're not looking for love. You're looking to blow it out. Uh, <laughs> you know, you want to, if you're looking for love, you'll go on Match. Blow it out. <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, Match, where you have to fill out a 38 fucking page, for, you know, process that that's someone who's like okay i'm not just looking to hook up tender you want to meet that night whatever so i thought i don't believe i'm at 51 i like to cut out i'm i'm big on not wasting time yeah so i uh i said well i'm just gonna put my dick pic as my profile pic <laughs> just throw it out there and i think the tagline you know that you have to put a little uh i don't know uh like a teaser, I guess, sentence to describe yourself. I'm like, don't shoot the messenger. This is my dick pic, and it lasted for about seven hours before I'll assume someone reported me. And, oh, well. You know, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be on there right now anyway. But, yeah. <laughs> but at what you... point do you tell, if you meet a guy, you say, hey, I'm still halfway through the process. Are there like... Well, like, right, I mean, you know, like, who's can who? Like, right now, like, people will be able to tell, and they will for a good while, which is fine. I don't think so. I mean, like... Well, if, you're sweet. If, if I didn't know you, I would say this is a woman. Oh, Earl. I ah. mean, no, I mean, uh, just so you don't think I'm just, like, full of shit and saying that, like, you have no hair on your legs. Not that you were a hairy person to begin with, but, oh. like, your legs look like a woman. Your arms, like, are... I mean, you're definitely, like, got some guns. <laughs> But, like, they're not that big where I would think, oh, this is a dude. And you've got some form of boobies. Now, I'm a breast it's, man. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Your arms aren't a dude. You got, some, you got some guns. You got some form of tits. Well, I mean, they're, they're not quite to the level I need. Well, but well, like, no, hey. well, well who is real? I mean, well, they're out know. there. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like... Like, if you met a guy, at, I, I don't know, uh, uh, locally in Los Feliz, yeah. <laughs> uh, w- would you say, hey, just so you know, I'm... I'm yeah, I would. Uh, just, you know. like, I don't, because, like, I would do it, like, I wouldn't want to be with anyone who would, if someone, like, would find that a problem, I don't right. want, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it, you know, and, like, you know, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't really fuck people anymore that I'm not. Like that, I'm not close enough for them to already know that, you know. So, like, like, are you on dating sites now? Yep. And is your bio like trans com- or no, you don't say comic, but like trans person? Yeah, they can tell. Is there a, like a section for? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh, the, yeah. People are way into it. I've been getting hit up by a good amount of people. A few of our colleagues. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet yeah. I can guess their names. Yeah, well, let's, let's just say it's exactly who you think it would be. <laughs> oh, you know, that's, you know, it's like everyone's like, I bet Earl's on plenty of fish because that's where the larger women tend to gravitate. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all of us comics have tail signs. Yeah. 
so what are you like? What do you? What's your days now with COVID? Like, I mean, I mean, it's like I bought. As you can see, this is a uh, audio only podcast. But like my, uh, you know, I suffer from depression, and I'm probably at least to a small degree bipolar. Uh, I have to work out. Yeah. And uh, me and Chandler were going on like ten mile walks, which was with the dog and. Uh, but I need like a machine. I need something where I yeah. click a button and it starts moving. The, the walks probably got to be depressing after a while, you know. I mean, they like, did, or they were. It's uh, not the most scenic city right now. No, and it's very uh, like we one of our uh, best walks, but worst walks at the same time was at like two in the morning. We went from here, heart of West Hollywood, uh, to. Uh, even though I've given out my home address on the uh, Comedy Central podcast, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, Here's "Have my you number. really?" I was so, you know, Moses is great at winding me up, and Pat Barker, the legendary Pat Barker, he he knew just what buttons to push about mentioning certain people's names. So I'm like, if anyone has a problem with what I'm saying right now, my phone number is blah blah blah. Oh no, uh, my address is. <laughs> Blank, blank, blank. On, and uh, by the way, I'm sure you were so distraught when certain people were fired at a certain network recently. You know, I really wasn't, to be honest with you. Like, I don't want people losing their jobs. I really, uh, you know, like with how I, and through my eyes anyway, was treated on roast battle. <laughs> It, it validated some of my thoughts. So, so, so basically, your COVID has been going on ten mile walks with your fiance, working out on your exercise bike, and like nursing your grudge at roast battle. Oh, absolutely. Oh, good. Well, we all need a hobby. Well, you know, well, the worst part was this week specifically. You know, Instagram, you get those, you see your post from four years ago. Oh no. And Montreal season one oh, no. was this week. <laughs> so. I, I might have made a post about beating Jimmy Carr, and uh, it was it was a paragraph of uh, my true feelings. And, has uh, any has anyone ever enjoyed one of those Facebook memory things? It's like, hey, here's when you, like, because all of mine are like, hey, here's where you used to be a lot fatter. I'm like, great, cool. Yeah, here's a picture of you battling your ex in yeah. L.A. riot. <laughs> yeah. Which really was the start of my downfall. Yeah. And don't. Hey. Well, who roast battles anyway anymore? But like. Uh, don't battle your girlfriend. Yeah, it just doesn't work. No, I don't. Uh, I don't think it's worked out too well for anyone. Uh, it's definitely not for me. I <laughs> think I'm the only person to battle two girlfriends, and uh, there's a lot of aftermath. <laughs> Do you? Are you like outdoorsy at all? Like, would you ever go camping or anything like that? A lot of like I'm like I've always kind of been into that kind of thing, and I know a lot of people are getting into it now too. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm not spoiled. I need a bed. I would go for a hike. You could coax me into a, a one-night camping thing. But I know a bunch of people from the comedy store, like uh, Curtis and Annie Letterman and uh, Lee, the waitress. They went on like a six-day. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Like, I need a TV. I need, uh, you know, I don't even know why I need a phone because I don't talk to anyone. But, like, I need electronics. Yeah. I need that elliptical uh, but I'm not against it. I just I'm a city guy. Yeah. 
So you have like a yeah, your you know your muscles are all glamour muscles. That's what it is. Oh, they are. I you suck m- it in. You have a Tarzan physique, but you and, know, uh, Tarzan you have Jane tastes. And, uh, yeah, and I don't know what the ape was on Tarzan. I think there was a sidekick ape. I have his brain. They- uh, <laughs> but I love like when we go to like Runyon or uh, there's one in Malibu. It's, it's about a forty-five minute to an hour drive, but it, it, you drive down this almost hidden dirt road and it's a it's like a stunning view of the beach and uh i like doing stuff like that but yeah uh like how like how long do you go hiking for um i'll probably like i usually or camping i mean well i'll like i kind of don't like when i go by myself which i do a lot during this whole thing like i kind of only want to do it like one night at a time you know but like i've got plans i'm going up to like san luis obispo county or you can't really get into, like, Kings County National Forest, which is, like, east of Fresno, you know? But, like, if I'm going just by myself, I'll usually just do a day. I'll do, like, a day and then do a big hike for, like, eight hours or something and then then just go home. I mean, I do love the solitude of a hike. Uh, and, you know, camp. I just, you know, I need, like, a bathtub. And I sound like Boone right now, but, like, <laughs> I, you know, so I don't... Like, where do you go to the bathroom in the woods? Like, you just go in the woods and cover yeah, it just, up? Yeah, just go in the bush. See, I don't think I could do I could pee like that, but, like, <clears throat> the other way. Like, yeah. I need a heated toilet seat. Yeah, your penis would drag in the dirt. That's the thing. I mean, it ain't that big, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, you know, big enough to leave a smile on the girl's face. Yeah, well, um, that... <laughs> That's, that. that's, that's a lot of area to get poison oak in your dick, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I thought I had poison oak the last Malibu run because Lois took off. I think she saw oh. coyote, and like Lois would not do well in a, a uh, animal attack. She's just not built for battle. Uh, she's almost been killed several times uh, on this street oh. uh, by uh, the raccoons. Jeez, because people leave their garbage out now. Uh, yep. You know, especially during the quarantine, like the garbage people don't come as much, so uh, the 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 bins are filled to capacity with you know food or whatever, and the raccoons come from. Coyotes are coming down here, oh. uh, and Lois, uh, she's not a fan. But I saw a guy at Griffith Park the other day. There was a coyote following right behind him, and I didn't notice the last second because like it's like you would have thought it was his dog. Yeah, because they look. Most coyotes look like dogs. Yeah. Uh, they're but, getting uppity, these animals. We gotta reestablish dominance. Well, they're getting aggressive because it's like there's more competition now for the uh, the um, food, I guess. So. When I was in Montana, they were like, absolutely, do not go out of town without bear spray because like a ton of people have already been like, a ton of people have already been attacked up there, and this was in June, so like they had broken bear attack records like, and the summer wasn't even over, and it's like get bear mace immediately because they are out there. Because people are not. And uh, have you done any comedy on the road? No, I didn't. I mean, I could have in Montana because no one gives a shit. About, no one gives a shit about this up there. I tell you that right now. It is crazy that like Arizona's pretty much full bore open yep. in terms of comedy. Uh, people are doing it. You know, I know Jeremiah is going to Kentucky. Like Arizona hasn't shut down at all. Uh, Utah's open. A lot of places are open, and they're. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be... Uh, how do you think the store will handle it? I mean, I know they were... Uh, it seemed like the last time I was there, they were gearing up for an opening. Yeah, I mean, I know they're like... 
I feel, you know what I feel like? I feel like there's a way to do the main room and get a decent amount of people in there and keep everyone. Like, imagine if you did every other table in the main room. I could see that working. Or like every third table in the main room. I mean, it's far from ideal. I mean, they had the uh, the hockey style uh, partition glass, which was so weird. <laughs> yeah. Like in between each booth and the uh, the side uh, seats, there was like little hockey uh, things going on. And yeah. uh, I went on stage just to see how it would feel. And it was so weird that the main room, there's no seats now around the stage. They're, I think, maybe 10 feet from. And it was like, wow, this is... This is the new normal, I guess. So you've been up there since they closed. Yeah, because I, I think the store is open. I want, don't quote me on this. Uh, think Thursday through Saturday, the, the bar, the front okay. bar. So they have seats in the, uh, it's, it's kind of cool because I, I don't think we'll ever see this again. They have seats and tables in the, uh, where the comics park. And then uh, seats all around the walkways. So. Well, and I know La Jolla just did their outdoor show, and it looked like it went well. I yeah. feel like they could do that in a lot here. Uh, well, I think in L.A. there's some weird, because uh, I know they got in trouble when Steve Byrne did his movie about the amazing Jonathan. Yeah. And there were some, uh, they, they were just showing it against the backdrop where, like, that cement backdrop with, like, Mitzi Wood Parker car. And yeah. There were some... Oh, you can't have a crowd watch a movie. It's like some weird, uh, and but so now I think they're doing a podcast where the in the front window of the original room, and then people can watch. Uh, I guess from monitors or listen and and drink. So um, whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean the Laugh Factory. I think has pretty much been closed since the. Uh, this has started, although they have uh, murals of George Floyd out there, like he got passed. <laughs> like George know. Floyd, make God laugh. Yes, please. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I you know, get me started on that place. Uh, I you know, I went and did a set there for their live stream, and I kind of got in trouble because no one told me like it had to be PG thirteen, right. and I'm just I'm just up there being me, you know. And I'm, I think I'm up there and I'm talking about, yeah, so I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to cut my dick off and, like, get it stuffed and, like, carry it around like a pet cat. And the guy at New Booker is just, like, doing this. He's, like, he's like trying to sign language PG-13. And I just, like, dude, nothing PG-13 is going on in my yeah. life these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're uh, I mean, when I used to do the room, they had an old white guy. His name was Harvey. And he would sit. He would basically be the Jeff Scott of the Laugh Factory, but not nearly as good. Yeah. Uh, and if you swore, he would like hit his piano key. If you swore twice, he would be like, "Okay, and that's it for whoever." God Almighty. So. Uh, I don't understand clean comedy. I don't get it. I mean, I get there's a market for it, but uh, I just let comics be who they are. Like. Yeah, I mean, like if you letting loose falls within the realm of clean, like cool, but like I don't get. I don't get comedy with shackles. I don't. I don't yeah. understand being. I don't understand being surprised by anything in a comedy. Co I mean, especially when you like look at what, look at what people watch on TV. I mean, I, I mean, mean, Succession is this awful psychosexual like power drama, and it's just like the most horrible shit you can imagine. People just routinely talk about at work, and like so the idea that like 
comedy even makes a blip on people's radar at all. It's crazy to me. Well, that's my problem during quarantine is I've literally run out of things to watch. Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched the whole season of season six of Bosch in one day. I was <laughs> just like, I, and I love that show. I know Tony Henschcliffe has a joke about, you know, you've, it's so, something to the effect of you've what. You've watched everything on TV when you've started watching Bosch. Uh, I like the show, but uh, I've even started rewatching 24, which, uh, you, you know, in Miami Vice, because there's like there's nothing left. Yeah. Like I'm, I've we've we can't go anywhere. We're like trapped rats. I mean, how are you other than exercise? Like, because I would imagine in this time of your life, like you got a lot to think about, like. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, and like when I got back from Montana, I got really depressed for a while because I just felt like, well, I'm just back in solitary confinement, you know, and like, God, like when I was up there, I was staying with people all day, so you just had people to talk to all damn day, and it was great, and all the shit you can do in Montana, that's still up and running, it's all outside and distant, but like... When you take away all the things about L.A. that I love about L.A., L.A. fucking sucks. I mean, that's... I mean, I get why people want to move away when you're just staring at its faults and none of its positives. Like, it's grim, man. Oh, I, I understand <coughs> Rogan leaving. and You talk about a guy who has access to everything. It's even too much for him. Yeah. And Joey Diaz going to Jersey, I think. And, yeah. Uh, I think someone else is... Uh, I think, well, Polly moved to Vegas. Yep. Which seems like a pretty natural fit. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like he's in his element. Because I know uh, I only keep up uh, with the Vegas comedy scene through certain people's Facebook posts. Like Ty Rivera, so he's like a roving reporter. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I always, uh, you know, it's a happening scene in Vegas if, you know, you want to go there. Uh, they seem to have, like, a lot of bar shows and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I can't stand Vegas. I, I'm like... I don't... I hate it, too. I really do, too. I mean, like, if I'm there, I can find cute things to do. There's, like, like little, like, John Waters-y kind of, like, vintage furniture stores, if you're into that kind of thing. Right. But, like, overall, the place just depresses me, man. Well, it's just, like, uh... If you don't drink or gamble, and yeah. I don't do either... Yeah. It's just, like, there's not a lot to do there. I could go to the gym, but you can't even do that now. Yeah, you know, uh, you can go see Magic Mike XXL with a bunch <laughs> of, you know, secretaries who are going to die of COVID in a month and a half, and, you know. <laughs> well, if you were single, that'd be a good pickup place. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you should just hang outside Magic Mike XXL. You'll clean up. <laughs> you will, though. Like, I used to go to, uh, you know that place on Sunset? It, it's, uh, do you know where Pink Taco is? Yes, Right across the street, there's that beautiful architectural structure that's been vacant for probably 10 years. I, I'm not sure why. It used to be where Dublin's is, if you ever did comedy there. Yeah. And it used to be Chippendales. So I knew the door guy. He's like, dude, just show up every Friday and Saturday night at 12.01. Hmm? I'm like, well, that's a very specific time. Why 12.01? He's like, because at midnight, Chippendales ends, and we let the guys in. And if, you, <laughs> if you could get in to be one of those first dudes you were I, I, you were basically raped like, like I, that's the wrong wording <laughs> is it though <laughs> especially with today's news yeah but like I remember going in there with my friend Miami Eric I'll just say that 
who's now got two beautiful daughters. I mean, you talk about karma coming back to collect. <laughs> I mean, both both his daughters are models. Any dude named Miami, anything, you know, yeah. he's got a, a past to reckon with. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I because mean, he, he's a really, really good-looking dude, and he's just—I've uh, never seen someone do well uh, with women like him. Like he's. He's just got the attitude. Uh, he's like a pro wrestling bad guy. He's just got it. Uh, so I'd go with him and like, I mean, it was just like, by 12.05, my pants were undone in the back hallway. Like, <laughs> it's Cause they're just like, they've been in that room for two hours and they're just, they see these beautiful bodies and like, you know, I don't know where the dancers went, but they didn't seem to hang out, which I think was a major mistake on their part. <laughs> uh, and then so they're like, well, who are these two guys that just walked in? Uh, God, can you imagine being one of those Chippendales dancers? Their lives are their lives are probably just like that Twilight Zone where the guy dies and he goes to the <laughs> casino and like he just keeps winning and he realizes he's in hell. They're like, this is the bad place. <laughs> Well, it's got to be Some secretary sucking them off. <laughs> oh, it was the best. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just like it's another time in my life. But, uh, you know, so I, I would suggest if you're single, hang out at the Magic Mike uh, exit, and then just got to time it right. Because if you're not one of the first, say, ten guys, it's over. Yeah. So, uh, like, what are you looking for dating wise right now? Are you looking? I mean, because like I said, you got a lot on your plate. Uh, w- is it more casual hookups? You want to date or no, you don't I mean, want to do anything? No, I mean, like, I'm like, I want a husband and, like, a square-ass life in a house and, like, you know, have barbecues and maybe kids and all that. So I'm like, that's a goal of mine, for sure. Like, And what, like, comedy-wise, uh, has it affected your comedy? Because as Joe Dosh, you were like... Uh, Pretty, uh, aggr- not aggressive, I mean aggressive in a nice way, but you yeah. were like, you said what was on your mind. Well, I think what's been, I mean, it's definitely been tough because like, like you said, I just have a ton of time to think about myself and it's kind of like, who even am I, you know? And like, it's exciting because you get to discover it, but sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm 33 years old and I'm discovering who I really am and I'm not going to figure it out like in the next couple of years even. So it's just, I mean, it's terribly exciting and it's profound, but it is weird and a little distressing sometimes. And, and about comedy, like doing, like I was doing a zoom show right before I came here. And like, bottom line is I'm just like not thinking about it. And I'm just like, I cared so much about every little set being so fucking good. And it just, it was like I was petting the puppy too hard and choking it and like it was just so tense and not fun and like I was so miserable because I was in the wrong body that like the only way I'm like well stand up and my career has to fill that hole inside of me and it can't so you know it just became so unfun and terrible and not like one thing I was really realizing when I was performing as a guy my attitude was very adversarial it was very like fuck you i'm funny right and that like some people can make that work as a career i cannot and i am grateful that i cannot because if i could i would and i would just be like you know i'd be getting rewarded for a lifestyle that was making me unhappy and i don't know if i would have had it in me to be like look i 
this is working in a way, but like it's not filling the hole inside. Would I have it in me to turn it away? Right. So I'm just like, I mean, it sounds corny, but I'm just very much like, look, I'm just, I'm just having fun and goofing off with it, and I am worry. I'm not worrying about it at all because I was so stressed out about it all the time, and it got me nowhere. And like I'm like, well, I, I definitely, there were times when I was like, do I even want to do comedy anymore? And I'm like, well, I definitely don't want to do it like that. Right. Also, in like performing, it's like, <clears throat> it helped me learn so much about myself because I don't think I would have even gone down this path if it weren't for stand-up because I kept thinking like, I want to be more myself on stage. Right. And in regular life, it didn't even matter. Like, everything... Like, you know how when you're performing, you're kind of... You're yourself times one and a half? Oh, sure. You know what I mean? It was in being that one and a half times myself that I discovered things beyond who I was in regular life and just my identity that I sort of trawled back and, like, brought into myself. And that one of those was, like, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a woman. You know, this is how I want to live. Was there like a, like a tipping point where you're like, I'm ready to make this? Yeah, and it was. This is fucked up. It was on. It was on the day Kobe died. <laughs> so like, all of Los Angeles is just sadder than. Like, that was the day, for whatever reason, that was the day it just clicked in for me. And, like, I'm like, okay, this is what's not working in my life. I get this about myself. I'm ready to move forward. And, like, all of L.A. is sadder than I've ever seen the city ever be. And I'm just floating around on cloud nine, like, what's my wedding dress going to look like? It was just so, it's such a fucked up year for me, man. <laughs> so And this is even before the pandemic. Yeah. Like, like you know, it's been, like. It's crazy that Kobe dying is like not the worst thing that's happening. Oh time. yeah, it's like you like, know, remember when Australia was on fire? Yeah, I don't even give a shit anymore. The koalas were like have had to be like not breastfed, but like people had to hand or yeah. hand feed them bottles of water. Little uh, little burned baby koala paws, and, and we don't even give a shit. Think, well, I can't get much worse than this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think I was at a Kiss concert the night of, of the quarantine, and looking back, I'm like, Jesus, that probably wasn't the smartest thing. <laughs> no, it is a miracle you're alive. I mean, it really, it, like, you know, I'm 51, so it, it probably wasn't the smartest decision to to go to an arena where there's 20,000 people. You know, in a concert, they pack yeah. it in, and you know, you're probably real. I mean, your your cardio has got to be. Insane though, right? Like, I mean, my immune system's pretty good. I've, uh, you know, no. <laughs> it would have to be. You were at the store in the two thousands. <laughs> oh my god! I did, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was. I lived in the eighties. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that same week, I, I think uh, Monday night, I went to a Kings, uh, Ottawa Senators game, and four players from Ottawa. Uh, you know, of course, this was like two weeks later. Was revealed from that game I was at got COVID. Uh, and then, you know, I think the Wednesday night, which was like the last night before the kind of everyone stay home thing, uh, you know, was at the Kiss concert. So I'm, I mean, I feel kind of like lucky that, you know, I didn't catch anything. And, yeah. Uh, and, you know, think of all the mics we, uh, you, you know, around in comedy that, 
you know, because I, I think, you know, I started noticing people getting really sick in December. Like, I think it was here in December. Uh, you know. Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. And I'll tell you what. I think I might have actually got it back. I don't, like, all, every time I've been tested, I've been negative. I never got an antibodies test. But I think I might have had it back in May. Because there was a time... This was still relatively early in the whole thing. There was a time when I thought I got food poisoning. And I was just... I couldn't eat. I could, like, eat maybe five, six saltine crackers a day. I was so tired. It hurt so much to move. I kept feeling like I was going to throw up, but couldn't. And I just chalked it up to food poisoning. And then about a month ago, they're like, yeah, no, this can affect your gastroenterology system, too, because they just thought it was all respiratory at the time and i'm like shit i might have had it well i think that's the thing it's like they still don't even really know who can get it yep uh you know who can't get it like they don't even really know how it was brought over here like i know everyone thinks from that market you know uh, someone ate the bat soup but then i heard they think uh another theory was a woman from that market got it from a dirty toilet seat you know, and it's like, which is it, man? I can't believe it was from eating bats. You know, like, what a lame way. Like, fucking a monkey I get to start AIDS. It's oh, like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to judge anyone. But but, well, know, but eating a bat, you didn't even fuck the bat. You didn't even get to come and, and you started this whole thing. That we know of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unknowns in this thing. But that, I, you know, I liken it to when AIDS came. Yeah. Like, you know, when AIDS came out. Uh, in the mid 80s early 80s it was like well it's a gay disease because most of the cases are in bathhouses yeah. in new york and frisco and in west hollywood and then i think uh i think a bisexual dude slept with a gay man so the bisexual guy gets infected he then sleeps with a straight woman she gets it, passes it on to a completely straight heterosexual dude. So there's like, well, who gets this? Like, so I think it's a lot like that. Where and it's it's funny too, because when people talk about like you know the mask protesters and you know the people in you know red states who are so against this, and I'm not even going to argue that one way or the other. But when AIDS happened, gays in San Francisco they wanted to close down the bathhouses for the same reason they want to shut down, you know. They want to shut down everything down, make everyone wear masks now. And they, you know, liberal gay people in San Francisco went, during AIDS, they protested closing everything down for the same reasons. Like, if we close this down, that's just going to give the government too much power. They're going to just tyrannize us, you know. And, like, none of the people who owned the bathhouses wanted to lose any of the money that they were yeah. losing from us. So they're like, fuck it, I don't care. So it's funny to think, you know... People are like, oh, look at these anti-maskers. They're so stupid. Like, the most liberal people in the world, gays in San Francisco in the 80s, like, they had the exact same talking points as the anti-maskers do yeah. now. Yeah. And so I, I find it, funny is the wrong word, but, like, uh, kind of strange. That oh, it's the right word. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, after today in the comedy world, anything other than rape is... <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, but well, like you I, know what? I hate when a comic gets accused of rape because as a trans woman, I rape women in the women's bathroom all the time and I don't need the heat brought on me, Earl. Well, I mean, I think you're like low in the pecking order with who they're going after. <laughs> like, you know, there's a lot of comics I know who like... 
Like, it's weird to, to survive these accusations. You have to be almost at a weird fame level of famous, but not famous. Like, you, you know, like almost like of our fame level. Like, we're known through Roast Battle, which was a big show on Comedy Central, but it wasn't that big of a show. So, like, who cares if you or I get taken down? Like, so, oh, Fifi and Earl, like, great. Yeah. Uh, so it's that weird, like, you almost don't want to be... You don't want to achieve too much success. I mean, that's why, like, it just, like, you... You know, it's why, like, nothing ever happened to Joey. It's just because, like, he does his own thing, you know? Hollywood's not tripping over themselves to, like, do stuff with him. You but, gotta have something to take away. Well, I think he's pretty honest with who he is. Yeah. And, you know, he's a raunchy comic, and, like... Uh, I think in his case, he had a lot of female supporters. Like, you yeah, know, uh, you know. I think that helped. I mean, I think in other cases, uh, they don't have a lot of female support. Well, and the thing about Joey that bothered me so much was like, when other comics heard him say that, like, I don't believe that people who heard this really believed that he wasn't fucking around. You know, if you're, like, a regular person, like, I get it. But, like, if you profess to be a comic, like, I think if you're really being honest with yourself, it's like, okay, he's obviously, like, embellishing the shit out of this for fun. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all done podcasts. Uh, yeah. Where we've, I've, I, even on my own, I've probably uh, embellished or whatever. And, uh, you know, I know Brad Williams was on Doug Benson's podcast and, you know, he told a wacky story that, uh, you know, he, he embellished parts of it to just, you know, on that one, it's, they were all smoking pot. So I, I'm sure there was a certain pressure to be funny and like tell a wacky story. Uh, you know, I, it's just. Uh, well, and it's like, you know, I don't like how they all get lumped into one thing, too, <clears throat> because like. When you see, like, some montage, like, hey, here's Weinstein's picture and here's Louis C.K.'s picture, like, that's not fair, you Yeah, know? I mean... And, like, some of the... Like, you, re you actually read some of these articles. It's like, some of these are like, okay, there... I will respect some of the ambiguities and some of it. And other one where I'm like, oh, this piece of shit did it. I 100% believe it, you know? But, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it, it's like, you know, some of the articles today that came out about Callan, it's like... You know, this girl's pretty believable, but I want to hear his side. Like, yeah. and I don't want to hear it through a publicist, like, uh, or a lawyer. Like, I think that's the biggest mistake these people make is that, uh, you know, one comic in particular just cut and pasted a, a, an apology or like their statement. And it was just like, oh, this, this isn't even you talking. This is just someone saying, hey, say this. Uh, so yeah. I, I do like I know uh, I think Callan's doing a podcast tomorrow about the accusations, which in some ways is smart because it's his own words, it's his own. He's in control of the, uh, but it's also kind of stupid, I think, because now anything he says tomorrow night can be used against him. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> I just you know I'm not in anyone's jury, and oh, I gotta. Yeah. I got a beautiful life that I like, so, you know. Oh, yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. I just, I think the only thing that gets me uh, going on that whole thing is, uh, I think the accuser should obviously be heard. Everything should be looked into, and if, if they're guilty, fuck them, yeah. cancel them. But there are some cases where they're not 
true and you know it's you know once something's out there you're fucked yeah i mean true like, or not you know fatty arbuckle didn't do it that was a takedown yeah you know that's like the old you know i so, don't know i just i don't like when people just like i don't like when people just like give up on you know the right. systems we live in it's like well you can't reform the justice system it's so corrupt i'm like is it all so fucked because like all the you know whether it's a corporation or the government or anything it's just run by people man and people are fucked up and some people have more power than others so their foibles get magnified accordingly and i don't um i don't want to give up on people oh no and like i'm friends with a few of the accused like so it's a tough spot to like stick up for them because you yeah. know it's, it's like well if it's true i you know obviously it's wrong and go after them like legally whatever you can you know let the ball bounce where it bounces uh but you know it's, it's like you know you know it's tough to it's like a fascinating time in the comedy world but i always thought it was like when is this going to hit the comedy world yeah. You know, because there's the Weinstein stuff for two years and then Epstein and then, uh, you know, kind of some pro athletes. But I'm like, God, once they get to comedy, man, it's going to be a long season. Uh, yeah. So I think we're here. Uh, but well, you and I have escaped unscathed. Yeah. Uh, so. My wiener can't get hard anymore, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've really taken it to the. To the <laughs> I mean, mine can, but like, you know, I've never forced myself on a girl. I can say that. <laughs> Is that how we're going to end? <laughs> well, but you oh, know, no. like I had an ex and, and it, you know, usually I was always 100% on the accuser side. Like who yeah. would lie about being raped um, physically uh, or mentally, uh, you know, violated? But I had an ex that's very believable and very well liked. Uh, start telling people I threw her down a flight of stairs. Wow. And like, I don't even have a side of the story. It's just, no. Like, yeah. It's just not. Jeez. Uh, so that's why now I'm a little bit like, well, let's hear their side too. Uh, yeah. But, you know, like that article hey. today that I think we're both referencing was like, oh, boy, that's. Uh, well, I mean, it seems like. It's, uh doesn't seem like she has a lot to gain by doing this. Certain other people don't have a lot of corroboration, and certain people do. That's, yeah. you know. Well, you know, and I think when you're dating younger people or fucking or doing anything, you know, you got to figure that the younger generation, it's not even Gen Z, it's not, it's not millennials anymore, it's Gen Z. They, you know, the TikTok generation... You know, the Snapchat generation, they screenshot everything. So yeah. if you burn them. Can I say something, too, about, Please. like, hooking up with younger fans? Like, it bothers me when people are like, okay, first of all, like, if you're above 18, I straight up don't care. Like, it's none of my business. 100%. And it's like, well, yeah, well, they're not mature. And they're like, I realize that. It's none of my business. Because, like... 
like did, did it ever occur to anyone that maybe like a 20 21 year old girl might want to go have sex with her favorite comedian and think that's really awesome and it's like her choice to do so i sure hope so i, I mean when people are like this is terrible that she's you know imagine if a man was saying it's terrible that this 20 21 year old woman is hooking up with this older man this needs to be stopped you know you'd go you'd rightfully go fuck you it's none of your damn business. Back the fuck off. Well, I mean, I I think you nailed it. Like, it, I think it depends on your intentions. Like, it, you know, in my case, when I dated, a, a, you know, uh, I think when I was forty six, I dated a nineteen year old for a year. Uh, I wasn't trying to sow my wild oats. I wasn't trying to like keep my youth. Uh, you know, I actually liked her. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the girlfriend before her was. Uh, 17 years old, younger than me. Uh, and Chandler's 24 years younger than me. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm starting to go lower and lower. But uh, but if you're just in it to fuck young girls and burn them, uh, they're going to burn you down the road. Well, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, what, that, what kind of guy does it? It's like, what, what business is it of yours, you know? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying. And it's also, you know, gay I'm sure older uh, gay guys. Oh know, yeah. Burn. You know, I know they have fetishes of uh, twinks. I think they call it. Yep. This is what happens when you live on Larrabee for 21 years. Yeah. You, you get the terms. And no one would ever say like, "Hey, 50 year old gay guy, you can't have sex with this 20 year old guy because he is not capable and this, that, and the other." And I think that's kind of fucked up. You know. When and I also yeah I mean I think each young person is different like you know i've dated younger people who were incredibly mature yeah like probably more mature than me in some ways uh mentally uh and physically but and then you know there's been a few that were like uh, you know couldn't carry on a conversation if it didn't involve paul walker's acting and <laughs> you know Tobs and Hubs, or whatever that last one was. Well, you can't have a conversation without mentioning Kiss. Or Rat. <laughs> Thank you very much. By the way, have you been seeing that, that Geico Rat commercial? I'm so fucking pissed I wasn't the dad in that <laughs> I commercial. Know. I um, was like, oh, one, like, who who is this for except for Earl Skakel? And two, Earl has got to fire his people because he should be in this. I mean, I love my agency, CESD. <laughs> Thank you. A little shout out to them. But, but you uh, fucked up on this one, guys. I mean, the guy only has one line. Hey, uh, switching to Geico on your home and car insurance can save you 20%. And we do have a rat problem. I mean... My God, that was glorious. I'm a little upset at Piercy for not throwing me a bone. Was this? Am I, am I an inappropriate Lawrence, Lawrence Olivier? Because that was a, quite a read. Well, people work <laughs> when they do this podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's... Uh, that Geico commercial has introduced Rat to a whole new legion of fans. Yeah. And now they can't tour. So, uh, <laughs> uh, September 19th, I'll be at the Palladium. I don't care what the rules are for concerts. Rat will be hopefully in concert. That's the thing. Like, I don't even know if that show's on. Like, like what? I mean, I know uh, the hockey playoffs start tomorrow. <laughs> the Doing it in an empty arena. Skankfest got moved again. They yeah. moved it to September. Now it's March. But who knows? Like, uh, like I did Skankfest once. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, those guys, and when I say those guys, Jay Okerson, Luis Gomez, and uh, Stephanie, I think. I'm, 
uh, which is uh, Jay's wife or girlfriend. I'm not sure. Uh, who, I, I can't keep up with who's married and who's not. Uh, yeah. It's like an anti-industry. Neither can a lot of comics, go according to certain articles. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the, the younger girls, like... <laughs> Believe me, I know from experience. Like I've never really burned a girl. Uh, of course, I've had bad breakups, but like I think where these older comics get into trouble is, is they they just fuck them a few times and ghost them. Which is that's it's not our business. You ought to teach a class. I really should. For fifty like, year old man, hey, here's how to fuck twenty one year olds. Yeah, legally. <laughs> You come out in like a Steve Jobs suit. Yeah. I can change your life. Don't fuck. Uh, yeah. You can do anything you want if the number's 18 and above. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard. I would think it's not that hard, yeah. But I mean, like all, especially the famous comics, it's like all you have to do is stay away from girls who are under 18. That's, you can do anything you want. You can go to Soho House tonight. You can drive in your Porsche to the comedy store. You can drive after... To your house in the hills, you could fuck seven 18 year olds. That's all you, you just can't fuck one that's under 18. You know, it's like wanting what you can't have. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so. very And it sucks too because, like, like I'm such a Louis C.K. fan. Like, his work is important to me. And, like, I've watched his latest special twice and I loved it and it made me laugh a lot. But, like, even, like, one time I watch it and he just comes out and I just look at him like, you fucking asshole, you don't, you're not sorry, you know? And like, that's just like smeared on his name now. And like, you know, the easy thing to do would be to not jerk off in front of people, but yeah. it just sucks. Well, I think like his apology and it goes to like the other comics apology, it was kind of victim blaming. Uh, now, I don't know what went on in that hotel room when he jacked off in front of those two riders. Uh, well, I guess I do know. <laughs> like, I don't know what they knew. I don't know what they thought was going to happen. Uh, but it was just kind of like, I'm the victim. I'm the. I, I just, it was not, a, in my opinion, and I'm not a super fan of his, but I am a fan of his. He's a brilliant writer. Yeah. It's like, ah, dude, this, I don't know who wrote this for you, man, but. <laughs> Maybe you should take a stab at it. Well, and what sucks, too, is in his latest special, he actually does a little bit about it, and he talks about, like, basically he made it clear that, like, he kind of gets off on, like, surprising and disgusting people. So it's not just, like, you know, it's not just, like, hey, he thought he had consent and didn't. Whoops, you know, or, like, it's, like, he made it very clear that he likes shocking and grossing people out in that way and i'm just like oh man like i mean i, mean, I, I appreciate the honesty but like this it doesn't make you look better but it's just like dude you're a famous comic you've, I, you've got millions in the bank you could pretty much fuck any girl you want you're not the best looking dude and you could still do that like all you have to do is just have consensual sex you're good like like I don't like. I've never felt like the weird kink attraction of fucking underage girls. It's ne like I've never had that fantasy. Just, you know, I had one, and I've told the story before, but it just goes to show how you should like. In my TED talk for uh, sexual deviancy, I 
I, I was playing hockey. I'm on a team with this guy who's, I think I was 35, so he was about 50. He had a 15-year-old daughter who had oh. a crush on me. Oh, boy. And she had, like, <laughs> abnormally sized boobies. Like, oh, goodness. She had the boobies of a 30-year-old, but bigger than that. Oh, I mean, They well. were, like, who knows how big, that they were, like, gigantic. Oh, bless her heart. She sends me some provocative pictures. Whoa! And, but my first... I didn't even take me two seconds to come up with... I said, you can't send me these. You're underage. Uh, and I think I th joke. So I didn't want to like hurt her feelings. Uh, so I jokingly said, email me these in 10 years. And, and bingo. Ed, yeah, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good long runway. <laughs> Trust me, I was willing to wait. Uh, you could have you said four. That would have uh, been, a little, been a little dicier. But yeah, but, but you know, it, it's just like... Uh, I, I don't know, but I mean, I know I'm I'm not saying I'm normal, but like, that's one of the things about certain people accuse when they're like, well, he was messaging people, and it's like, you mean to tell me you can't do a gig anywhere and get you know, twelve, twenty-one year old girls just throwing themselves at you and you're messaging people like? Well, I think it's like when you get to be of a certain level of fame, uh, whether you're a guy or a girl or. You just you want to do what you can't. Yeah. Like you, you want, you know, if a girl says, "Hey, you can do anything you want to me, but anal." And I really didn't think we would be going here. <laughs> <laughs> but you you almost automatically want to do anal then, because well, she doesn't want it, so let me see if I can. I don't know. Force finesse it. it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think I I think all of us are born. To a degree, to like, I can't tell you how many times as a kid my mom said, "Don't put your hand in the, the fire." Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. And By I the way, to. all this said, when I get my vagina, I'm fucking a ton of 18 year olds. So yeah. that's just it's what. It fine. Is. That's just what it is, people. <laughs> I mean, I'm no one to talk yeah. about. There's nothing wrong with dating a girl who looks yeah. like she's 16. Yeah, exactly. She well, just can't be 16. It's gonna be a lot of high school quarterbacks in Fifi's future. Like, oh, but, you made but it all you've the way. that right. Yeah, you made it all the way to state. Good yeah, for you. I mean, <laughs> I'm feeling as a woman you're gonna be good to go in that area just try just turn it into a young cougar every day <laughs> but that you know there's no, you can come come in you can judge a roast battle maybe in three or four years and go hey that that new roast is pretty hot yeah there you go that's i just want to be famous and successful enough that i walk into the and beautiful enough as a woman that i just walk into the store with like two 18 year olds on my arm and everyone's just like this is bullshit <laughs> how come she gets to <laughs> Because they're 18, you dummies. <laughs> uh, Fifi, where can people find you? On Because I'm assuming all your social media has changed. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. Uh, you got to change so many things. You got to change all your logins and your passwords. It's, it's nuts, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am at Fifi Dosh, at F-I-F-I-D-O-S-C-H on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And if you guys would want to, please listen to my new podcast, Fifi Quest. It is on YouTube and Apple and Spotify and all the audio places. I give a week-by-week -week update of what's going on in me and my life and transitioning and what's going on spiritually and emotionally and biologically, and I just goof off, and I have a lot of fun doing it, and I would love if you could listen to it. It's Fifi Quest. Yes, it's riveting uh, because it's it's a video as well, which I think is... Uh, I think people want to look at you when... 
especially on a serious subject like what well, you're Well, that's the idea, through. because then people could be like, oh, wow, you are, like, changing before my eyes, you know? Um, but, you know, I, like, I've heard your new voice, I guess, and it's, like, t- totally normal to me. So, uh, everyone, I know you were fans of Joe Dosh, and rightfully so. We only hoped, uh, helped Roast Battle get sold, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't get no residuals. Let it go, Skakel. No, I'm like Rambo in the hardware store. Nothing is over. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to die in Cambodia giving tours to missionaries. I'm getting four sequels. (laughs) Nothing is over. Touche. I really identify with Rambo in that first one. Like, he was just bitter. He just came into Seattle for a hot meal, wanted Mm. to be left alone. And then the sheriff which could be a Comedy Central executive, just kept pushing him <laughs> and pushing him, and then Rambo lost his mind, and that's exactly how I am. I'm losing my mind. Nothing, it's over. You push me, I didn't push you. Thank you for not giving me $1 from all the streams <laughs> on YouTube and uh, ComedyCentral.com. Uh, not $1. Me and... Well... Formerly Joe, now Fifi. We made that network a lot of cash. Got nothing. Did we? Well, maybe not a lot, but we made him a couple (laughs) bucks. There it is. Yeah, I exaggerate on this podcast. I'm just kidding. Much love to all the Roast Battle crowd. (laughs) Jesus. I think there's a Roast Battle tonight at the comedy store. I don't know (laughs) who... I mean, that's... Anyway. This has been Inappropriate Earl... Podcast history. I, I really don't think this has been done before. So maybe this will get me on Rogan before he moves to Texas. Probably not, but I'll, I'll fly to Texas, Joe. If you're listening, I, I'm probably one of the few comics who can fly there. I, I'm good. Call him up and ask him. He'll put you on. Uh, I've been told he doesn't like to be asked. So, so what? He's moving away. I'm a pussy, though. Yeah, there it is. Which is why I haven't. There it is. Now we're getting honest. I once had Jason Reitman come up to me and go, hey, you got any ideas? And I'm like, and I had an idea for a hockey movie that, and he's a hockey guy because he's Ivan Reitman, obviously, gigantic uh, producer, director, Stripes, Meatballs, Animal House uh, from Montreal. So Montreal for hockey is like, you know, West Hollywood for gays. It's just like, uh, and I was like, oh, well, uh, I kind of, uh, it's, it's about a black team that wins the Stanley Cup. And, and he was like, interesting. He said, well, what's the pl- plot? I said, well, uh, I don't know. The coach is from the KKK because he's out of a job. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, this is awesome. Uh, I really think it could be like, it's called Black Ice. And like, the, the pit, you probably shouldn't give a pitch over a podcast, but. It's probably never going to get made, so I don't mind. But, you know, here I am with this A-list. Like, he is A-list. Like, yeah. There's no, you know, Juno and, and, you know, his lineage with his father, who is like, I, Ivan Reitman, it's like, if you saw any comedy in the 80s, he did it. Um, and Jason's as talented. Uh, so I thought, you know, hockey movies don't generally do well because it's, it's a very niche sport. But I thought, well... You don't really make the movie about hockey. So here, Jason, here's what happens. There's a basketball team. They're all black, obviously. Uh, their league folds. And he's kind of like nodding his head. Like he's, and I'm starting to get my heart beating because I'm like, oh, fuck, this, this guy's the real deal. Uh, and uh, so they have no job skills other than their athletic ability. 
So they said, well, let's play hockey. It's violent. We can, like, I don't know. <laughs> and he kinda We're like, black. Well, it's violent. We yeah. can do this. Yeah, we got sticks. We got, like, <laughs> we, like it's, we can melt down the Stanley Cup afterwards and sell it <sighs> at a pawn shop. And uh, he said, well, do you have anything written? I'm like, just the first scene. And he's like, well, what's the first scene? Like, that's how someone of his level thinks. Yeah. Like, tell it. I'm like, well, Rob Schneider's going to be the coach. And I see his eyes kind of get a little wide-eyed when I said that. And he's the grand dragon of the KKK. He gets fired for well, not what raising... about the movie? Yeah. <laughs> and then the movie starts. <laughs> and like, he, he, does, he didn't raise enough funds for the annual KKK rally, so he needs a job. He sees uh, hockey teams looking to hire a coach, and he thinks, oh, great, it's going to be all white guys. So he's on the phone walking to the locker room the first day going, this is great. I'm, I'm coaching a hockey team, and the best part is I don't have to coach any... N- As he's saying the N-word, he opens up the door, and obviously they're all black. And then Jason Reitman was like, well, what's the next scene? I'm like, that's it. <laughs> the end. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, you write the rest. Just give me a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, that might have been the last conversation I've ever had with Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God the cultural climate has changed so much that's really ripe for this project now, Earl. Well, I mean, I grew <laughs> up, you know, you're 30... 33. 33, so I grew up basically a generation before you, 51, and, like, the movies, the comedies that were made were, like, Animal House, which basically, you know, there's a kind of a almost a, a, I don't want to say a rape scene, but like one of the big scenes in the movie is when the guy fucks the girl from the supermarket and she's only 14, he finds out. Jesus! And, uh, and you know, Porky's was, you know, all about young kids fucking. So like I, my sense of humor when I think of a movie script goes to like that era. But yeah. I also have to remember it's 2020 and uh, why I don't make films. Uh, Fifi Dosh is the best. Become fans of hers. Read the read the podcast listen to her podcast uh and here's something that people don't understand rate it review it subscribe to it because that's how podcasts move higher up the charts so it takes 30 seconds to do that for fifi and it helps her out a lot and do it for mine too if you haven't done so already inappropriate soundcloud apple and uh the world check it out baby